Here's your Chewy. There you go, you dum-dum. Welcome to Geeks Without God with Tim Wick, Nick Glover, and Molly Glover. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We don't recognize moral authority. We don't accept divine superiority. We're geeks, geeks without God. This week on Geeks Without God is our 500th episode. I can't believe we've been doing this every week for 500 episodes, but there it is. Uh, we're going to talk about the Matrix Resurrections, though. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, geeks without God. Well, welcome to Geeks Without God. I am your 500th host, Tim Wick, joined as always by my 500th co-host, Nick Glover. Hey, that's half a thousand. And my other 500th host, Molly Glover. Meow. <laughs> who, who, who it turns out is a cat. Uh, I'm not a cat. <laughs> oh, no, you're not a cat. We are here for our 500th episode. Holy shit. We have, uh, we have recorded... 500 episodes now. We have not missed a week since we did our first episode at Convergence back in whatever the fuck year we started. 2012. 2012. 2012, baby. 2012. Or or as you and Nick used to say, 2012. Oh, yeah. Until, <laughs> until you, you, managed, you managed to cure us. You cured us of that behavior. Here we are. I told you all. When, I told you once we got to 2020, everyone would start saying 20 whatever. <laughs> Here we are, 2022. <laughs> still, still doing the podcast. Still doing the podcast, and uh, it is our 500th episode. Which yeah. uh, we we were trying to figure out what to do for our 500th episode, and uh, came up with a answer that we're just going to do an episode like we normally do. Only it's no, our 500th. Um, I have an answer for why we're doing oh, this. Oh, okay. Okay, go for yeah. it. Yeah. Okay, so our first episode was about the movie Prometheus. Which was a yeah. shit movie. It's still which was bad. A, which was a very divisive sci-fi movie that a lot of people really like and a lot more people really hate. We all hated it. Uh, it is the fourth movie in a series that was a long-standing series. It was a, a newer reboot after a lot of older movies had come out. Uh, the Alien trilogy. It's, it's not the fourth, but... It's not. But I, it's, yeah. it's I didn't want to well actually there, but it is the That's fifth. That's fine. It's yeah. fifth. Okay, still, it is It is the, the newer reboot of a, a franchise that had been you know, left or whatever. Have been uh, dormant and, for some time. Yes. Yeah. And, yeah. and it, uh, it had uh, a lot of, you know, I, you know, high lofty concepts of, you know, what is humanity and, and what is our purpose? And that's why we're going to do the matrix resurrections for our 500th episode. Because it's literally the same movie. Maybe not quite, but, um, well, it's divisive. It's about reboots, which kind of this would be. And also it's, it's about the cyclical nature of shit. And here we are 500 episodes later, kind of doing the same thing. What <laughs> <laughs> better. Warner Brothers is making us do this episode, you guys. Oh. And we just was, decided to control the narrative. Was was it was Prometheus? Uh, that wasn't Warner Brothers. No. Was it? it would no, be great Matrix, if it was, though. Matrix, oh, I know Matrix is, is Warner joke. Brothers. That's the joke. I, well, I got that joke. I was just like, it would be really hilarious if Prometheus was also a Warner Brothers film. I don't uh, think it is, but Nick's I don't looking think it up. So. Uh, no. So, yeah, we're going to talk about The Matrix res Resurrections. Uh, we'll probably reminisce a little bit at the end uh, about about uh, having done 500 episodes and um, what we might have uh, in in store for another 500. But but let's start with The Matrix Resurrections. Now, The Matrix Resurrections has been streaming on HBO Max. I believe uh, it ceases to stream there on January 21st, which means it's probably going to be behind a paywall of some sort at that point. Mm -hmm. um, you're going to have to rent it. So I think this episode might come out right around January 21st. So if it's before January 21st, uh, go give it a watch if you want. Uh, we are going to spoil the shit out of it. And yeah. if it's after January 21st, hear me out. Maybe go pirate it. <laughs> <laughs> hack, hack into the Matrix. <laughs> Hacking. It makes sense when you yeah. think about the, yeah. the topic of the movie. They're asking um, for it. Yeah, they really are. Uh, so it is available out there to stream somewhere. You can probably rent it on Amazon Prime after January 21st uh, or uh, or find it through some other rental rental agencies for six months. And then it'll probably be back on HBO Max or some some shit like that. But anyway, 
So we all watch Matrix Resurrections. I want to preface it by saying uh, when I made such lists, I would have put The Matrix in one of my top 10 favorite films of all time. I, really? I love The Matrix. I think The first one. Yeah, the original Matrix. We yeah. are not talking about the sequels, although we will get yeah. into that. But if we're just talking about The Matrix, I think yeah. that's a near perfect action film. Just really, really well done the whole way through. Um, and I love watching it. I've watched it. I don't know, dozens of times. I don't know exactly how many, but... but when was the last time you watched it? Did you rewatch it before Resurrections? I did not rewatch it before Resurrections. I did rewatch after. Okay, okay. Sure. Nick and I yeah. rewatched uh, just The Matrix Yeah. Uh, before we, we saw Resurrections. I would say about two weeks before. Yeah. Around about, so... I and I hadn't, and before that, I hadn't seen it again since I saw it in the theater and whatever, oh, wow. fucking 1990, whatever. Oh no, we just we just watched The Matrix over and over and over when I was when I was younger. Like I don't do that. I don't watch movies over and over. Which yeah. is that's cool. Just my, it's, it, that's just that's not, not my not deal. Thing. That's cool. That's not my that's, thing. That's, I've I've wanted to rewatch the second and third movie since seeing a a really good video essay about them and how they're they're best enjoyed kind of back to back as one movie and you know hypothetically you could take those two movies and edit them down into one really you know better movie mm-hmm. but uh I, I haven't been able to bring myself yeah. to do it. How do you feel about I, here's the, my, the first here's one? my yeah. argument about editing it down if you have to do that they were shitty movies. Sure. sure. Well, yeah. <laughs> It's like if I, there's too much there for the story to work and you're like, well, if you edited it down, you'll get a good movie. Well, then they were shitty movies because somebody didn't do that. Um, I will I will say I uh, uh, when I saw The Matrix in the theater, I did dress up in my uh, shiny pleather pants. Nice. And, yeah. and my black T-shirt. Uh, that was the closest I had. And I went with a group of people who were also wearing their, you know, we're geeks. So the boys all had their long black trench coats yeah. and, and uh, we had our sunglasses and slick back hair and the whole mm. shebang. So I, uh, I think the first time I tried to go see the matrix, I was actually skipping school and I got super busted. <laughs> uh, and so I ended up seeing it like the next week instead of opening day with friends. Yeah. Uh, uh, at the Mall of America. Oh, yeah, the Buster S. By my dad. Oh, your dad I, caught you? Yeah, yeah. He showed up to, to catch me like he had been called. It was wow. it was like uh, I, my truancy was an issue at the time. Your, your own personal uh, Agent Smith yeah. came to get yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. Mr. Glover. Yeah. <laughs> Tim, what about you? When did you? You saw it in the theater, obviously. I, I did. I saw it. It was about a week after it opened, um, it was 99 and, uh, we were hanging out with a friend of the show, Christopher Jones, quite a bit. And I remember we saw that, that, that the movie was coming out or had come out. And a lot of people were saying it was pretty good. We're like, yeah, we ought to go see that. And we were hanging out with Chris Jones at the time. And he literally jumped on that and said, I will go see it again. Mm. Let's go right now. Nice. Um, and, and so we, we were like, well, yeah, I guess we got we got time right now. So uh, we went and uh, watched it. And, you know, I, I it is better in a movie theater. A lot of things are oh, better yeah. in a movie theater. But I mean, the nice the thing about The Matrix is there there is something about being in that dark box that really helps that movie work, in my yeah. opinion, um, which is I, I'd say one of the hardest things about Matrix Resurrections is you're not in that dark box again. Or at least um, we weren't because we were being safe. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, it was free on HBO Max. I already paid for HBO Max, you know. Right, right. <laughs> um, Honestly, I would if I would have gone to see it in a theater if it weren't for COVID, because I do mm-hmm. love seeing uh, movies like that uh, in it's a theater. Something so. about like the scale of it, yeah, right? Yeah. 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 Some movies just deserve it. I, I, so uh, I, I don't know. I really liked this Resurrections. I personally, uh, I enjoy. I had a good time. I, I think you know, parts of it, like I would give like an A. Yeah. Uh, but the movie as a whole, I would give like a B minus yeah. or maybe like a, a yeah, B minus, you know, and here, here's Plus. my take. Here's my take maybe on it. Uh, one of the things about the matrix that was really great was the way they, they edited action to make it mm-hmm. read. I mean, they did quick cuts and stuff, but you always could tell what was going on in a scene. That lobby shootout is just right. kind of legendary yeah. for for knowing what's going on within that 
shootout sequence, the the kung fu in the dojo between uh, Morpheus and Neo. Uh, and I thought the editing on the on the action sequences in this one was pretty bad. Yeah, um, I, I should. I, I so I loved the first third. I thought the second third was just OK. And I, I was so bored at the end. But I find repetitive action sequences to be super boring. It's why I don't like DC it, movies. I was hoping for something, you know, revolutionary or or new or exciting in the action because, I mean, uh, you know, among the many things to love in the original, th- they did some really groundbreaking stuff, both with special effects and with, yeah, fight choreography. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the fight choreographer for the Matrix movies is the director of John Wick. And, yeah. and and that and that shows big time. The action in John Wick is very yeah, similar. Yeah. Um, but this was it the action felt really generic. Like it felt like any other movie with like lots of quick cuts in between and it all was the action. Hard to and stuff. follow what was going on, even when the action sequence was reflecting an action sequence from an earlier film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it it uh the the lots of like choppy little quick cuts because I think, you know, some of that cast is getting kind of old and maybe can't quite move the same and and do some of those stunts the same way. Uh, yeah. Uh, or, or just the way they shoot movies now is is different and that takes more time and, and choreography and effort. And this was, you know, under uh, uh, under the gun for, for time and money. But be. it was, the action is kind of unremarkable. And yeah. that, that was a, a huge disappointment for me. And it's it's one of the things that I think in Reloaded and um, what was the third one? Uh, Revelations. Revolutions. 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 Uh, it was like they, they, they kept trying to up the ante on the action in ways that didn't make it more interesting. So when you've got that street chase with all those people attacking Oh, the zombie as, horde. It was yeah. so boring. It, it really kind of was. Um, yeah. And, you know, so I like the ideas in this movie more than I like the execution of the movie. Yes. Yeah, I, sure. I, I was really disappointed that it was like, so like, I felt like all of the action in the in the in la- that last third was just the same scene with slightly different nouns in place. Because yeah. it was like, so Neo has the ability to throw up I mean, for, for lack of a better per, uh, word, a force shield, yeah. right? He, he's got a force shield and it repels bullets or anything bullet-like. Or, <laughs> and or, they just kept shooting shit at him. Or and he would or put zombies. Up, yeah, yeah, or punches or, or anything. Punches, yeah. And he would just, Rockets. he would put up the shield. And so it was just like incoming missiles, fists, bullets and it's like yeah i mean he's just gonna repel those you guys like come up with something new (laughs) that that felt like an action sequence that you'd play through in a video game yeah and the the repetition wouldn't be as boring because you're in control and you're playing the video game but watching it was not fun or like you just got access to the force shield, yeah, and so you have to learn how to use it by going through a series of dudes who are trying to make you use the shield. Right. Yeah. Yeah. For yeah. sure. Yeah. But yeah, I, I I thought you know the the last third is more action heavy, and so that's my least favorite. The middle has you know maybe a little bit less action, and I liked that. And then the first third I thought was fucking great. And I've heard people say the opposite. Yeah, I've heard people say they they hated the the setup and the initial, you know, premise of it. And I that was some of my favorite. Yeah. Well, I enjoy. I appreciated the weirdness of how the fuck is he alive? Um, yeah. Even though, and I I got um, to back up for a minute. A lot of people really hated revolutions. I liked where revolutions was going, and then hated it in respect in retrospect because. Uh, Sorry, I liked I liked re reloaded, and then mm, revolutions took everything that I liked from reloaded and fucked it up, and I yeah. and I and I hated it in in hindsight because right. I'm like you've taken everything that that I thought was good and just ignored it or changed it to something stupid. Um, you were supposed to be the chosen one. I yeah, I disliked I disliked two and three so much that to be honest, I do not remember them at all. Like if you were like, is Neo in those movies? I'd be like, I think so. I honestly I I 
I haven't ever rewatched them. Yeah, to and, me, The Matrix is yeah. not a trilogy. To me, The Matrix is, is The yeah. Matrix. Um, yes. And the other two movies don't need to exist. I don't need to ever worry about what happened in those two movies. It doesn't matter because I can still enjoy The Matrix and just go, some shit happened after that that is irrelevant to my interests. Yeah. Um, yeah, I... Uh, the the beginning with the modal mm. and the I thought that you know having it all be the 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 guy under the guise of a video game and a psychotic break and even the the really fourth wall breaky stuff about you know Warner Brothers making them make a fourth one whether or not they're on board for it yeah like I I thought that was funny and clever but. It, some people thought that was cheesy, but I thought that just like added it. added to the whole thing. Like the the addressing the sellout nature of the the franchise within the franchise. I I bet uh, the Wachowskis heard verbatim a bunch of those pitches and shit that the right? bros are throwing out in, in the meetings. Oh yeah. I, I bet so much of that is lifted directly from real life. Well, and like one of the things I liked about it is because so if you're following the story that the analyst somehow like rebuilt Neo and Trinity, but Neo specifically his physical form. Right. And and his physical body is still alive in the Matrix or in the, the real world battery yeah. situation in his new pod, then we know that the human brain retains information even after being wiped. Like it's still there. It's buried. Like they've done studies on this, you know? And so the best way for him, for them to reconcile for him, these memories he's having is to make it an idea for a game. Yeah. And so that when he's having these memories, he, to, they are, he's thinking, Oh, what a cool dream. What a great inspiration for a video game. And so it, to me, that made a lot of fucking sense as like bury it in a, it's, it's your creation, you know? Sure. And, and I think that, I don't know, as somebody who has, completely disassociated from reality and had a psychotic break. Let me tell you, it is a weird like dual of self to be like aware that you're going crazy and still experiencing the crazy thoughts. And so to turn that into a creative process uh, and foist that upon him, I thought was fucking genius. I really liked it. Well, and uh, there, the other, another thing that I really enjoyed about that beginning part, adding to that all was uh, Jonathan Groff as yeah. Smith before we find out for sure that he's agent Smith when they're just kind of uh, not subtly alluding to it. Yeah. Uh, but as his CEO or whatever of the, of the game company, which yeah. is a uh, uh, De Deus machina, the God machine. <laughs> That's a great um, name for the company. Too. Yeah, it is. Uh, I thought, uh, man, uh, Jonathan Groff was so great yeah. as, as that new agent Smith. Uh, yep. You know, bo both at the beginning and, and throughout the film. But uh, I really liked that in the beginning. All the, there's so much of the um, cyclic nature of things and the repetition and the time is a flat circle mm -hmm. where it felt like a remixed version. You know, you know that thing that a lot of people complained about with The Force Awakens? Uh, yeah. And they said that it was just, they just took a bunch of Star Wars and they remixed it. I, I think this did that as well but more deliberately and less like a you know nostalgia cash in or whatever you might want to say uh at, to great effect yeah i think it, i agree it it uh it, it very much it took because i think she because this is all this i mean this is all lana right like and yeah. so i think yeah it looked like karen was a like an executive producer but probably had yeah. almost nothing to do with it no, she didn't want anything to do with it. And I think a big part of it was because uh, she she was one of the holdouts. And Lana, I think, realized it had to happen. It was going to happen with or without them. Right. And so right. she decided to retain some creative control. And so I think that, you know, anybody who's like, oh, this is dumb. It's like, are you not hearing yourself? Like, she is doing this. She's almost like the way that, you know, the Matrix is a trans allegory. This is like an allegory for creators, of like your creation stops being yours once you sell it and it becomes a property. Yeah. And now who owns the matrix? Everybody, 
but especially Warner Brothers, you know, and like and and this very much like all the bros being like, oh, yeah, bullet time. And like, oh, it's so cool. You know, we know what's cool about the Matrix is like this cool thing that's like so good. Do you remember that? And like how often has like, you know, just, you know, decades and decades, I guess not double decades, but, you know, of fans coming up and and giving her their hot takes on her own creation. You know, I, I just think it was such an obvious, uh, it's a lot like Bo Burnham's specials, his later specials uh, that are like about what it's like to be a comedian owned by a corporation. It's meta, you know? yeah. Yeah, right. very meta. Yeah, and that, that like I say, the, the, that con- conceptual part, I liked. Um, and, uh, then I thought I felt like they they lost it. I felt like they they yeah. fumbled it, um, and and uh, it, it really didn't. You know what they did with Smith at the end was kind of like. I was confused. I thought like the horde was Smith again, but sure. it wasn't. It was. It's, right. it's like eventually I figured out. No, that's just the the um, analyst again. Even though it seemed like the analyst was gone, so it's like when the horde shows up, you're like. Who's running the horde? Is that yeah. Smith running? Because Smith implies, well, I helped you and now I'm not going to help you anymore. So then you're like, so is Smith taking over all these programs? Um, and it 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 bugged me. I, you know, on the other side of things, there was uh, in, one of the things I liked in Reloaded was that bit with the two programs who have a child, who have a child, which is yeah. like, yeah. Super weird, that's right? That's weird. Yeah, I, I, that's then, weird. But it was like, what the fuck's going on? How is the Matrix changing? These programs are now procreating. And then the child comes back. So there there was actually some payoff for that that, was, that there was not in, Re- in, in Revolutions, which pissed me off. It's like they set up something in Reloaded that was interesting. And then we're like, well, fuck that. Doesn't matter. Um and and so at least they brought it back to go it actually did matter and it right. does and it does have an impact on what's going on the idea that that um some machines decide that being outside of that matrix construct is what they want and some machines are willing to stay within that matrix construct was cool the idea that maybe the matrix is a good thing for some humans yeah and maybe maybe the matrix is a good thing for some machines and that there there should be the option to be one or the other or even both which it, is, it, was implied without ever getting there yeah. right yeah exactly these are all uh extensions or conclusions you would come to from things that they've shown or or uh taught us in the in the first set of movies uh uh i mean we know there are rogue programs that want to live independently of the matrix, like the Merovingian and, and things like that in the original and, and trilogy. And now we see some of those characters back in this newer matrix, still kind of outside of it, still kind of, you know, outcast or exile is I think what they call them. Uh, it, it makes perfect sense that some of them given the option would also want to leave the matrix entirely and try to, you know, have a corporeal existence. Right. Yeah. Like, and, and we know that, you know, in the first movie, Cypher's entire betrayal is to get put back into the matrix because the real world fucking sucks. Yeah. And he just wants to eat a steak. Yeah. And, yeah. and so like, yeah, this all, all that jives, all that makes sense uh, to me. And I like all that. And I, I don't know. Do you, do you think they're going to do more? I feel like they're going to do more. <laughs> I kind of don't care. I don't want them to. <laughs> yeah, I don't want either. them to because what I'd rather see is something like the Animatrix because I loved the Animatrix. Because the even though not every not every episode of the Animatrix was great, kind of like not episode every episode of uh, the Star Wars um, Visions Visions yeah. series was great. It was different people playing in the same sandbox without being married to the same characters. I I think that the joke that they're making in the post credits about how, you know, narrative is dead and what we really need is cat videos and the cat tricks. Uh, I'm pretty sure they're joking about the animatrix. Like, I they think that be. that is 
I think that's kind of what they're poking fun at is, you know, it would be cool as if we did the matrix, but something else. Yeah. I just, I, I like the animatrix or, you know, most of it, at least. I'm going to be honest. I, one thing that I, I really didn't have in this movie and, and the more I think about it, I don't think I really had it in the, in the original matrix either was like any kind of like, uh, I didn't care about Neo and Trinity's relationship. And like, I guess, I guess I didn't think in the first one that we were, I was supposed to care yeah. about Neo and Trinity being in a romantic relationship. And so, but suddenly it's like the world's greatest love story that we're all supposed to like, yeah. it's, it's supposed to really matter. And it was so hard. Cause I'm like, I don't care. Like, and maybe it's cause I don't remember two and three and maybe it was more like uh hammered home in those movies that, that they are, a perfect couple who need to be together and, and have a deep love for each other. But like in the first movie, for sure, it just seems like, like they are acquaintances who, who, and she likes him because he's the one, but also like she thought she was the one. So maybe there's like some weirdness there. And like, I don't know this, this last one being very much like swelling music and like, Oh, they're finally together. And she's finally seeing him for who he is. And I'm like, I I guess like, I don't know. I mean, like, it just seemed weird. And so like, was Chad her, uh, Tiffany's husband, Chad and the two kids, were they programs yes, or are they, were they bots. actual people? They were bots. Yeah. They were the, the legion of. So none of the bots are real people. They're all just programs. That's the implication. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I guess I was under the impression that they were just humans <laughs> in the matrix who could be taken over. Uh, they're 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 scattered among us. That's what's so weird is like if they're scattered among us, how come literally one hundred percent of the people in a certain area were bots? Like well, I guess not I all just of them. Thought... There was the one lady whose husband, you know, committed suicide by jumping out the window, but she didn't get turned into a into a suicide. Yeah, that was bomb. that was about two seconds. You're right. But That's... like, but like, you know, a bus full of people all. Seemed to change. It at just one seemed point really weird. Like yeah, like, it just I yeah. couldn't tell. What I genuinely thought up until this moment that they were, it was something they could do to any oh, any like, human like beings matrix avatar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and because like, it was similar in function to the agents taking over someone's avatar, so I assumed it was the same thing. But I, I guess it's not. It I I didn't like that the, those the swarm I don't like, or whatever I don't like zombies. But I did right. But I did like that. You know, the agents to clearly failed the matrix, the first matrix, right? The the architects of the of the matrix. So why wouldn't they evolve and change and make a new solution to their sure. problems and things like that? Like like there are a lot of things where it's like it makes sense in this movie and and uh yeah. like a like a conclusion uh to things that were set up previously. And I might argue about the execution or think the choice is kind of stupid, but like, it makes sense that, you know, something was there, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, ultimately the reason I would probably put it about a C plus or something like that. I didn't hate it, but I was kind of like, eh, is the matrix has a lot of these big, crazy ideas and kick-ass action sequences. And, the Matrix Resurrections had a bunch of big, crazy ideas and action sequences that did not really get grab me. Yeah. 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 Or were, you know, at best action sequences <clears throat> that reflected an action sequence from the Matrix, only not as well. Yeah. Um, I will say the, the most, so the moment they started losing me was uh, <laughs> uh, Keanu has, a, uh, Neo has a line where he says, I still know Kung Fu. And I was like, I'm out. Like I, that was so fucking dumb. Like, I just like the fact that I like, I, I just, I was like, all right, but I was still kind of in, it was all, I was, I, I forgave them that. But then the, uh, yeah, the zombie horde of bots, where it was like, Oh, so now it's a zombie movie. Yeah. That's, I mean, it's literally a zombie movie now where they have to get away from a thousand bodies it's like someone's it's just uh, lost me completely someone's animation class project where they 
made their own animation about a Jedi fighting a bunch of zombies. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, and then the, the part where I was completely gone and I was like, like, I think I like actually sat back and went, (laughs) (laughs) when Neo and Trinity jumped off the building and Trinity was not just flying, but hovering in the air and suspending Neo's weight. While doing so. Now, in the original Matrix, yes, he could fly, but it was like a velocity. I mean, he was still moving through the air. He didn't just hover and hold 200 pounds of sheer muscle at a a drop while hovering. It just, I was just kind of like, what the fuck is happening here? Like what? I don't know. That's that was for me. That was where I was like, okay, checking my watch. Like how much longer until the credits at this point? Yeah. Luckily, it wasn't much longer. Not too much longer at that point. No. Um, anyway, so you, Matrix uh, Matrix yes. Resurrections. Do we do we have any final thoughts on that before we move on to our retrospective of 500 episodes Ooh. of Geeks Without God? Uh, you know, uh, good good hook, good premise mediocre execution but uh you know neil patrick harris's performance as the analyst yep. uh jonathan groff as smith yes uh yaya abdul mateen as the new morpheus yeah, slash great. agent smith like like all those performances were good yeah yeah the, the idea hook for how could they fucking possibly do another matrix movie it's a good idea it's a good hook yeah yeah, yeah, all I, I all the acting, all the acting was great. Genuinely, all yeah. the acting was great. And uh, my honestly, I I would have. I'm glad that Lana Wachowski had control because I can't imagine how fucking terrible it would have oh been without God. without her being so involved. And I'm glad that she got to tell at least the story she wanted to tell. How whatever shades of wanted this ended up being for her. Uh, I am glad that she got to have her name on it in, in legitimacy and not just in name only. Right. Yeah. I, um, I thought Jonathan Groff was great as agent Smith. Um, you know, if you're not going to get Hugo weaving back because he's, he's too old and he's, he can't really look like a computer program that wouldn't age. Yeah. Um, and you know, if anything, I was, I was disappointed in how he was, utilized near the end of the film. I wanted him to be better. Yeah. I mean, ultimately he should want Neo to succeed because Neo's success removes the analyst as somebody controlling agent Smith. So it's like, why would he not continue to help? Um, (laughs) why, why would he be like, Oh, well problem solved. It's like, no, it, it, it's not. Um, yeah. Legit. So, Anyway, I, I, uh, I, and I thought he did a great job of of uh, uh, not imitating Hugo Weaving, but uh, calling him to mind. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Which is the best way to do that kind of role. So yeah, Matrix Resurrections. Give it a shot. I I, I wouldn't say it's. I, I I would say it was more worth watching than mm-hmm. Reloaded and Revolutions. Yeah. Yeah. I had um, a really good time the whole time. I was laughing. Uh, you know, even when the action was boring, I was I was at least enjoying not liking it. Right? <laughs> Did that make sense? Yeah. <laughs> I was never outright bored. It was just yeah, kind of uninterested yeah. in a few action scenes. But you know, then there were action scenes that were fun little callbacks in all the choreography to the originals, and yeah. that was you know, even if the fights weren't interesting, it was fun. Yeah. Yeah. Nice, nice fan service. So um, yeah, yeah. So uh, we're going to... Speaking of fan service. Speaking of fan service. Been doing this uh, show for 500 years, and we were trying to figure out how to do it. I know. I know it feels that way. 500 episodes, not 500 years. It's not one episode a year. We are atheists. We're not elves. We're not elves like Hugo Weaving. Uh, And uh, we were trying to figure out what we could do, and we thought a retrospective episode was kind of, I, I think, boring. Would have been the word. So we didn't yeah. do that. It just felt kind of like, let's sit here and talk about all the times that we were great. Yeah. <laughs> like, Self-indulgent. Yeah. Yeah. 
So instead, what we're going to do is we are going to go back to our original five questions that we asked for about, I don't know, the first hundred episodes, something like that. Yeah. We all answered them back there in episodes like two, three, four, five, somewhere in there. You can go back and listen if you want to know what our answers are. And we want to see if our answers are different here 500 episodes later. That is, yeah. uh, that's the one thing that we're going to do to uh, acknowledge, aside from choosing The Matrix Resurrections as a film that in some way connects back to Prometheus. Except, Look, I stretched it as hard as I could. Yeah, <laughs> Prometheus, and I need to stress this, is a piece of garbage. And Everybody drink, a, Prometheus. It was a piece of garbage then. It's a piece of garbage now. Matrix Resurrections, even though I'm kind of like, eh, on that movie, runs circles around yeah, Prometheus. Yeah, well, that's true. You see, Tim... We weren't going to do a retrospective or just rehash our first episode, but instead we're including a bunch of, of uh, uh, points from our first episode by doing the original five questions oh. and having us answer them again. Yes. It's, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's like a, uh, a reloaded uh, revelation of our own. Uh, <laughs> that's of all, God reloaded. That's, yeah, that's that's as far as I can stretch that. Yeah. Okay. Let's let's just let's just ask the goddamn questions. Okay, uh, Molly, what is our original question number one? Question one, original question one. What is the best movie you've seen in the last thirty days? Well, that can be updated at any time. That's great. I know. Yeah. That's that's yeah. great. Or, or this is definitely this has days. to be a new answer, unless yeah. for some out. Unless for some reason you're watching, sorry, the cat yanked my headphones. <laughs> Unless for some reason you're watching the same movies over and over again, Tim. Uh, <laughs> I did just watch The Matrix again, for instance, <laughs> but that's not what I'm going to pick. What What was the best movie you've seen in the last 30 days? Uh, you know, I, I was trying to think if I could come up with a different answer. No, uh, I, we just watched Encanto on Disney+. Plus. And uh, it's really charming. It's got music by Lin-Manuel Miranda. It's um, it's an all Latino cast. Uh, just really, really a nice uh, movie about family and, and acceptance. Um, so, yeah, that's that's what I'm that's what I'm saying. On, in Canto nice. on Disney Plus. What about you, Nick? Uh, the other night, Molly and I watched Last Night in Soho the Edgar Wright uh, kind of horror thriller. So and uh, that man could do no wrong. Uh, everybody in it's real great. It's, it's, uh, it's super solid. My only regret is that we didn't get to see it in the theaters because of the pandemic. But uh, I, yeah, I really loved it. And right when we got towards the end, when everything is kind of revealed and, and made more clear, uh, I I was like, ah, oh, fuck! I kind of want to go back and watch like at least the first half again now, but yeah, I I loved it. I liked everyone in it is really great too. I'm a big fan of uh, all the the folks in there. You can buy is it that, on iTunes. I was gonna say, is that streaming somewhere? Yeah. Or do you gotta do you, you gotta you can, rent it? You gotta you gotta buy it on you gotta buy it on iTunes. Right. It's online. You gotta buy it on iTunes and uh, uh, like right now, but it should be out for streaming really soon. I imagine. Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, for me, it was Brigsby Bear. Uh, so that came out in 2017. Uh, we, friend of the show, Jeremy Stomberg, recommended it to us. Uh, it is, it's got uh, Kyle Mooney, Claire Danes, Mark Hamill, Greg Kinnear, uh, Matt Walsh. It's, it's, uh, it's amazing. It is directed by uh, Dave McCary. It's his directorial debut. But it's, uh, it was recommended to us because we, we had just heard about uh, Kyle Mooney from SNL's Kyle Mooney, right? No. Yep. Yeah. Uh, his show on Netflix, uh, Saturday Morning All Star Hits, yeah, which is kind of surreal. Yeah, but this is great. It's uh, it's got a lot of heart. It's about a uh, it's about uh, a young boy who uh, he's actually like twenty five, but when he was young, uh, it seems like he is living in a post apocalyptic world. When we are introduced to the movie, it, it uh, he's in a bunker with his mom and his dad. And they have all kinds of like his dad puts on a full like gas mask suit and everything to go out into the world and come home after like going out to forage and things. And it's uh, it's and 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 uh, uh, that's not true. Uh, that's not the world. They have been hiding him. And it turns out he was kidnapped as a baby. And hmm. uh, it goes from there. And Brig Brig Brigsby Bear is the title of a show he's obsessed with. Huh. Uh, television show he's obsessed with. It's 
so good. Yeah. Uh, I I can't, especially if you like um, dark comedy. It's a dark comedy for sure. It is uh, it is surreal and fantastic. I yeah. have stellar performances throughout. And well done bringing in a, a Jeremy Stomberg reference for our 500th <laughs> episode, Molly. That's right. Question, You're welcome. Question number two. Uh, who? Nick, uh, me? You. What? What's your favorite atheist character? Oh. Ooh, who is your Who is your favorite atheist character? So, so in, uh, in the past uh, year or two, uh, Molly and I have talked about the Stormlight Archives series by Brandon Sanderson we've been reading. Uh-huh. And my new favorite atheist character is uh, Yasna Kolin uh, from that series. And I have a, I have a quote of hers uh, to, to kind of illustrate. Uh, it strikes me that religion, in its essence, seeks to take natural events and ascribe supernatural causes to them. I, however, seek to take supernatural events and find the natural meanings behind them. Perhaps that is the final dividing line between science and religion, opposite sides of a card. Hmm. And the the only reason her atheism is not, like... Uh, met so negatively by this kind of religious culture is because she is, you know, royal adjacent. She's like the niece of the king or whatever. Ah. Uh, and and so it's it's tolerated, but uh, she, you know, she just spends a little bit too much time in books and maybe she could be a little bit more pious, grumble, grumble. Uh, but she's a great character. Yeah. Uh, I want to go with uh, Josephus Miller, Detective Miller from The Expanse. Oh, I don't know that it's ever specifically said that he's an atheist, but in the world of the expanse, if you are a believer, it is said like, uh, because at that point it's where, you know, 200, 300 years in the future, uh, people who are religious are pretty open, are pretty like strident about it. And, uh, detective Miller has seen some shit having been a cop for a long time on series. Uh, but, uh, I would, I, I feel like he's an atheist. And I think in that way that you can't always be sure for some characters, you're just pretty sure based on the way they act and talk. Like I just, he doesn't strike me as somebody who believes in uh, any power greater than, uh, you know, the, that which makes people do bad, you know, kind of right. a thing. Yeah. Uh, about you, Tim? I, I have a real answer, but before that, I'm going to do a cheap geeks without God reference and Ooh. say that my favorite uh, atheist character is played by friend of the show, Ron Bauman Scaramouche in the Tortuga Twins ah. show. Uh, but, uh, so you're welcome, Ron. Also, that's a lie. I've never seen this. I've sim- never seen your show. So <laughs> I have my own show. I I'm too busy to go watch your show. Uh, but, uh, but I thought I'd mention that anyway. And I was originally going to say Spider-Man because I discovered that Peter Parker is theoretically atheist or agnostic, but then I got to thinking about it and we've been watching a lot of Star Trek discovery and most of the characters in Star Trek are atheists. And I'm absolutely positive that Stamets on mm-hmm. Star Trek Discovery is mm-hmm. an atheist. And I, I enjoy Stamets as a character. He's a he's great. He's a really great character. I mean, he's a cranky scientist, but but, you know, he's he's not he's not inhuman. He's he he. He gets obsessed with things, but he's still grounded by his husband. Anyway, he's a good character. I really like him a lot. And and I think that it is fair because the Star Trek universe is predominantly atheist. It is fair to presume that Stamets is atheist. So Stamets is my call. Nice. So nice. now I read question number three. Do I you not? Do. You and do. And I believe question number three is what is your geekiest hobby? That's what right. is your geekiest hobby? Uh, for me, right now, my geekiest hobby is word games. Uh, I uh, obviously Wordle has taken the majority of geeks by storm. Uh, it is a, a a once daily word game. Yeah, you can only play it once a day. Once a day, uh, everyone gets the same word, and it's like Mastermind. You, it's a five letter word, and you get six guesses to guess the word, and it tells you when you guess a word, it'll tell you if your letters are correct and in the right space, correct, but in the wrong space or incorrect. And that in that way, it, it uh, reduces the letters available to you. I love that. There's another game I've been playing a lot. It's uh, a New York Times game. I actually decided to give them five dollars for a month, you know, just to see. Oh. But it's called the spe- it's called the spelling bee. 
Uh, it is a, a game where you have six letters and then a central letter. The central letter has to be in every word you make. And then you make as many words as you can. You can repeat letters. They don't have to be adjacent, even though they are arranged in a cute little honeycomb grid like a beehive. But all you there is the only rule is the central letter has to be in every word. And beyond that, you can do whatever you want, make as many words as you can. Words have to be at least four letters long, which actually makes it harder than you'd think because a lot of the words you know, if you are like me and you're a boggle person, uh, a lot of the letter, letter words, words you know yeah. are three-letter words. Yes. So, yeah. and then I've, because it, it came with that, I do, I've been doing a lot of more crosswords lately, uh, really getting into doing crossword puzzles. Uh, I used to do those all the time with my grandma and grandpa when I was a kid because they did the crossword every day in the newspaper uh, without fail and they would have me help. And so it became something that I got into and it's just been really fun to get back into that. So right now I'm, uh, I'm geeking out on the word stuff. And I I just started playing Wordle today. So it's fun. It's fun. And and it's nice because it's just one word a day. Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. And if you fuck it up, I've fucked up a couple of times where I just was like, Oh, I just, my brain was not getting it. And it's, it's nice. Cause it doesn't feel like, Oh, I broke my streak and I ruined it. Yeah. It's just more <laughs> of a, Oh man, this one got me. This yeah. one got Shit. me. All right. Uh, Nick, how about you? Uh, you know, I've talked about it a couple of times, but uh, mechanical keyboards, mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I'm still doing that. Although I haven't built a keyboard in a while because uh, that hobby can get a little expensive. Uh, but yeah, I, I type on uh, a Space 65 that I built and soldered in hot swappable uh, uh, switch co- uh, mounts for them so I can change the switches on the fly if I need it and uh, have a, I just got a matching fancy USB-C cable with aviator connector uh, a couple of weeks ago to, to match my fancy kind of Eva colored case and keys. And I don't know, I kind of have like the dream set up right now. So I don't have anything I want to build urgently, but but give it a month. Yeah. Yeah. I, there is something I want to build another split keyboard, but like, I'm not in a rush. What about you, Tim? Yeah. I uh, collect Porgs. P-R-G-S. <laughs> I have uh, I have a shelf, a series of shelves in the basement that I call Porgtopia that are covered in all manner of Porgs created. Some by Disney, some by friends. I have many custom Porgs in my uh, in my collection, including mm-hmm. somebody sent me a pet rock Porg, which I thought was just <laughs> amazing. That was a that was a pandemic Porg. So uh, and also every now and again, Lego comes out with these little itty bitty porgs, and I have a Lego uh, version of Octo that came with one porg, and I'm like, that's not enough porgs. So every time I get a little itty bitty Lego porg, I add it to my uh, Octo Island, so that eventually it will be just covered in little itty bitty Lego porgs, as it should be, nice because yeah. Octo. Yeah. So yeah, that's should. that's my super geeky hobby. I have others, but I think that's that's probably the top of the list. So. Yeah, yeah. I I have seen your pork. In fact, when we went to Disney World two years ago, uh, we got you a pork print, I no. believe. Or is that three? Is that that was at uh, celebration? That was at celebration. Yeah, you did. Yeah, yes, yes. You did. It I was the pork. It was the pork. See no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil. Pork yeah. pin, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 That's right. It was, and it came, it was like a pin on like a print or whatever yes. with like a, a signature. I remember that. Cause I remember we were at celebration and we were like, let's go look through the art stuff just for fun. And then we saw it and I was like, hur, hur. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, the funny thing about that piece is we saw it at Disney world. We were there for, they have a arts weekends yeah, in January yeah. and February. Yep. And the artist who drew that has a booth in oh, Epcot. That's great. And that piece was there and I hemmed and hawed over it and finally was like, I don't really think we have the wall space for this. So yeah. I decided not to get it. And then you showed up with that pin. I'm like, yes. That's so yes. awesome. So, yeah. That's, that's so great. That's some serendipity, baby. <laughs> that is uh, question number four, Molly. Question four. What is your favorite sandwich? Ooh. Ooh. What's your favorite sandwich? Uh, Nicholas? I'm pretty sure mine has changed. Because I think my previous one, which is still a great sandwich and still a good standby, was uh, peanut butter and hot sauce, uh, mm. uh, chunky. Mm. But uh, right now, my favorite sandwich is uh, Cecil's Deli, 
uh, just oh. across the border in St. Paul. Cecil's Deli is badass. They have a, a spicy Reuben, which is thin sliced hot pastrami, pepper cheese, sauerkraut, and spicy mustard on grilled dark rye. Huh. It's not super spicy, but it's like the most flavor dense sandwich because the sauerkraut is so vinegary with the spicy mustard that like, my mouth is watering right now. <laughs> just talking about it. It's, it's just like, I have to take small bites and really chew and savor it a lot because it's so fucking like yeah. dense with flavor. It's and so rich. good. Yeah. Spicy I, uh, pastrami, it's more peppery than anything. Yeah. I grew up, uh, like a mile and a half from Cecil's Deli. So uh, that was like our go-to whenever we were doing a family picnic or something like that. We'd go to Cecil's Deli and pick up the meat from there and nice. the bread from there to make our to make our uh, sandwiches. So good call. The only, bad, the only bad thing about Cecil's Deli is uh, they pack their food in styrofoam. So if you're getting food to go during the pandemic, it kind of just like... The, gets, sam- the sandwiches are fine. Kinda, yeah, but it kind of like steams itself and their fries just get fucking oh, ruined. Yeah, yeah. They, that is a they, shame. They pack your bag with food and they put the fries on the bottom. Fucking heathens. <laughs> anyway. What's, what's wrong with them? Uh, you Tim, know, Tim. Right now, uh, yeah. because I don't, I don't eat a lot of sandwiches. I don't eat a lot of bread, that whole diabetic thing. Um, although I love sandwiches, but uh, my go-to sandwich these days is just a straight up uh, grilled cheese sandwich with bacon. Ah, oh, interesting. All right. Um, I just, uh, you know, bacon, bacon makes it perfect. And it's gotta be, it's gotta be with American cheese. I don't like any of those shishi grilled cheese sandwiches. I love cheese. I really do. My grilled cheese sandwich needs to be that cheap ass American cheese. Crafts, shit. just craft singles. Yep. Craft not singles. store brand, not store brand, but craft singles. You don't know what you're and getting then, with the store brand. That's right. Yeah. And then do you, so when you, do you, you, do you buy like uh, like the Hormel pre-cooked bacon or do you uh, or do you uh, uh, grill the bacon yourself? No, we, we grill the bacon. Uh, we grill the bacon ourselves. It's better and then do bacon. You, do you cook the do you grill the cheese sandwich in the bacon grease pan or do you do a separate pan? No, because usually the bacon's left over. You know, we make two, three pounds ah, of bacon okay. at a time. Save the bacon. So the grilled cheese, you just take the bacon, you pop it in the microwave for about 10 seconds to warm okay, it up okay. a little bit. So you do heat the bacon. You heat the bacon and then you put it in there. You put it in there and you grill it all together. So the bacon's a little bit pre-warmed and that means it's going to get warm enough to be at the same temp with the cheese. Um, How many slices of cheese? One and a half. Okay. Okay. One and a half. What kind of bread? feels like a little too much. Straight up white, and that's predominantly because Pat has uh, some digestive issues. She can't eat uh, like wheat bread and stuff like that. So white bread's the bread we have in the house. So butter or margarine? Butter. All right. Margarine. Right. Margarine is dumb. All right. I, yeah. I ask these questions because my answer is also a grilled cheese sandwich. Yeah. But it is specifically uh, grilled cheese on my own sourdough bread. Oh, see, I would that, love that. I that. Make myself. Yeah, yeah, that I make myself. So uh, I have uh, perfected my sandwich bread recipe at this point. Uh, I think, Tim, I think you've only ever had my sourdough that's like a two-day process and it's very crusty. Uh, I've recently perfected a sandwich loaf that actually is baked in a loaf pan. And oh. it's that classic shape. And uh, so like uh, a little bit of caraway uh, in the seeds in that bread, but it's like a classic uh, two to one regular flour to uh, whole wheat flour. And then for cheese, I like to do Munster. Uh-huh. And I like to do uh, maybe like a, like one slice Munster, one slice like sharp cheddar sure. or one slice Munster, one slice like like a uh, uh, provolone, yeah. you know, but I like the melty cheeses. Uh, yeah, I got to uh, admit, if it's sourdough, actually, one of the more one of the non-American cheeses is actually it's much better. It goes much better with a sourdough. Yeah, yeah. I haven't tried it. I haven't bought Kraft singles in a million years, but uh, boy, that was a staple of my childhood <laughs> is uh, the grilled the grilled cheese on wheat bread with Kraft singles. It's so I bad, just, but so just, good. Uh, there's just something about like a grilled cheese sandwich and you got to butter the bread, not the pan. Cause otherwise you're just making well, that's fried right. bread. That's right. Otherwise you're it's fried bread. bread. It's fried yeah. bread. Yeah. Yeah. But like making sure the butter is soft enough. So you don't just yeah. get like holes in your bread. It's very key, especially in Minnesota winter mm-hmm. when even butter on the counter is like butter in the fridge. <laughs> I know. I know it's, it's, yeah. it's hard work. It takes yep. effort yep. to make it right. All right. What's question our, five. Question, Nick? 
Question five. What is the stupidest thing anyone has said to you about your atheism or agnosticism? Mm-hmm. Um, I've got a weird thing. I mean, cause I don't think anybody said anything really stupid to me in a long time, mm-hmm. but, but it was a weird thing. Um, we were, we were watching, uh, black foam with friend of the show, uh, Cargill who wrote it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and there is a line in the movie that is about disbelief in God. Mm-hmm. And Cargill's like, I wrote that for you, Tim. And everybody laughed. And I was like, it was funny. And that was fine. And it, you know, it was like flattering, I guess. You know, and he said later, he thinks about certain friends when he's writing certain lines. I'm like, oh, that's cool. But the the weird thing was about it was I looked around the room and I'm like, virtually everybody else in the room was not only an atheist, but had been a guest on this podcast at some point. <laughs> And I'm, I'm like, you could have written that about anybody. In yeah, here. yeah. Um, why That's am weird. I the Why am I the atheist that that one's about? But but anyway, it was it was flattering, but also like, of course. What, what about all these other atheists in the room? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, I like, yeah. Nick, what about you? Uh, you know, I when I were going through these and preparing an answer, the answer I wrote down was. Uh, We've been doing this podcast for 10 years. It doesn't come up anymore. Uh, nice. I, yeah. yeah. I don't have anyone in my life that says any stupid shit about me being an atheist. Yeah. I don't have anyone in my life that it has a problem with the fact that I don't believe in any gods and I'm, I'm open about it at work and, and shit like that. Yeah. But like, it, it's just not a problem for anyone, yeah, which is yeah. great because that isn't the way things were, you know, 10 years ago, 10 years ago. No, yeah. no, not it, at all. it feels like it's more, it's more acceptable to say without people getting into that whole, Oh, you atheists are such assholes. And it's like, no, all I'm saying is that I don't believe in God. You, you, and, and finally people are realizing that saying, I don't believe in God is not a challenge of their belief. It is simply right. a yeah. statement of this is who I am. And this is what I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for me, uh, so somebody that I, I worked with, uh, in the last, like, it was like six years, uh, uh, was asked if they could, they asked if they could just, they're like, Hey, can I just, can I just ask you something real quick? And I was like, yeah, they're like, just friend to friend, not like work thing or anything. And I was like, sure. And they were like, I just, I, I, I think I overheard you and they, they are very religious. And they were like, I think I overheard you. Uh, did you, did you say you're an atheist? And I was like, uh, yeah, yeah, I am. I have a podcast. And I'm very, very open about it. And they were like, I'm just so confused. And I was like, well, it's confusing. And they were like, well, Molly, you're a good person. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, I said, well, uh, yeah, I am. And they just kind of blinked and I blinked and they were like, well, I guess I just, I, 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 I what, what? What's uh? What makes you decide? Why are you? Why? What? What? Why are you? <laughs> How are you good? What, what's yeah? Basically, they were like, "Why are you good? Like, what's the? What's got you being good?" And I said, "Well, I, I, I guess I just feel like this is all the time we have, so I want to be good to people." And they're like, "So you don't believe in an afterlife or, or yeah, heaven or or hell?" And I is. was like, "I was like, nope, I don't believe in any of that. I just think that when you die, there's nothing after that." And you go back to being Adams and, you know, and they're like, and, and that doesn't depress you. I'm like, no, I think it's actually pretty beautiful. And they were like, and just, and you just, you're just not worried. You just, you just do good things. <laughs> you're just a good person on your own. And I was like, I feel like I am, but you seem to think I am, you know? And they were like, okay, well, well, thanks. <laughs> and it just, <laughs> I, I, it was such a funny conversation and I felt a little uncomfortable at first, but then it was like, fuck, I mean, I hope that maybe that helped them. Maybe that was a seed that, that uh, grew a little bit for them. You know, if, if I'm, and that's why I think it's so important to be out if you can, right? Like if you can be safe and out in your life, you know, yeah. you never know who's seeing it and going, well, shit, yeah. you know, you know, like, those I atheists never, aren't just ruining society. 
right or, or like you know assholes who are given the finger and they can't even have a decent job because they're such pricks you know like yeah i just feel like i think uh meeting a a sunny dispositioned if foul-mouthed lady who you know has a <laughs> rel- relentlessly positive outlook on life might have changed their opinion <laughs> so you, you yeah. go molly i try well done <laughs> <laughs> so that's our five questions our original five questions yeah, baby. and yeah our answers have changed um, a little bit or a lot I mean the movies that we'd seen in 30 days uh, seven years ago were probably a little bit different ten, ten years ago yeah was it ten years ago was almost, it almost. Wow. it was yeah. July, 20, July 2012 so when we first had our five questions it was right around then yeah. Uh, so yeah, yeah. And a, a lot has changed. Like right now, we're not recording together again because of a pandemic, but uh, but we're still here. We are still here, and I've had a great time. And thank you both for um, for doing this with me. For yeah. thank you too, Tim. Honestly, like I I look forward to 500 more, even though there will be many more Tuesdays in our future. We're at eight in the morning. We're like, what the fuck are we recording about yeah. tonight? <laughs> yeah, it's maybe too many, but uh, that's all right. That's all right. We've been doing all right for the last several months, um, except for this 500th episode where we didn't have the... <laughs> This 500th episode was beautiful. It was great. It was great. But ultimately, we were like, well, we were going to do an episode about the Matrix Resurrections anyway. Let's just make that our 500th episode. Well, it's Uh, hard when you can't do a big live show with guests and an audience. No, that was what we were going to do. It was going to be amazing. It really was. Um, So if you'd like to help support us, make another 500 episodes. There are a couple of ways you could do that. One just send us five questions. It's so easy. Any five questions. Not, not You can send us our original five questions that we just read to us and make us answer them again. That mm-hmm. is that is as easy as it is to send us five questions. You can send that to five questions at geekswithoutgod.com. I believe, speaking of, uh, of how you can support us, we have a new Patreon supporter, don't we? We do. So all our patrons get to listen to our episodes uh, as soon as Tim's done uh, putting them together. We upload them to, to Patreon. There's an RSS feed there that you can grab and put into your podcast listening program like Downcast. And so uh, Anders is our newest patron and they get to listen to this episode before anyone else. Welcome, Welcome Anders. Anders. Anders was fed. Welcome. Thank you so much. And you all can support us on Patreon as well. If you would like just a couple of bucks a month uh, or a buck a month, I guess at this point, you can get uh, our podcast early and listen to it sometimes as much as two or three weeks early and sometimes as little as a couple hours. But but early is early and that's what matters. That's right. We are gonna gonna be back next week the same way we have been ever since we started this way back at Convergence twenty whatever the hell it was twenty twelve twelve twenty twelve. I look uh, forward to our our Levi's episode because it's five oh one baby. Uh, I was thinking I was, I was thinking it was our five hundred first episode and we should do an episode on uh, stormtroopers. Oh, oh shit! Yeah, yeah, but, those Nazis. But yeah, space Nazis. So. You'll find out what our 501st episode is going to be next week because we're going to have another episode next week. (laughs) Thanks so much for listening. Have a good week. Bye. Bye. We love you. You know what would make this podcast better? Bullet time. We're geeks. We're geeks. We're geeks without God. We're geeks. We're geeks. We're geeks without God. Until next time, you can find us blogging at geekswithoutgod.com. You can follow us on Twitter at geekswithoutgod, and you can even like us on Facebook. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, geeks without God. Hello, Geeks Without God. This is Melissa Kircher, and I am talking to you very quietly from the island of Hawaii. I know in the last episode I was interviewed about bad movies, and I said I was going to Iceland this week. I guess I wasn't. 
Long story. Anyway, I am here at Mauna Ulu on the Big Island, where there was a volcanic eruption from Kilauea uh, in the 1970s. And I am currently being stalked by two nini gooses. These are uh, gooses. Geese. Geese. They're geese. Um, they're native to Hawaii. And I don't know if you can hear them back there, but if it's, it sound, they sound kind of like one of those toys that you turn upside down and it sounds like a cow that's what it sounds like they're walking away now anyway congratulations on 500 episodes see you later hey asshole congratulations on 500 love bird chick Anasio, fellow atheists, vilifiers, and all-around okay human beings. This is I, Nathan Gerber. Congratulations to Geeks Without God on 500 episodes. I can't wait to join you again on your Splendiferous podcast to discuss more Korean pop music. This is Joshua Humphrey just beaming in to say grats to the Geeks Without God for 500 episodes and a decade, a decade of podcasting. Bravo and stay safe out there, folks. Did you know that 500 is the number that many NASCAR races often use at the end of their race names to denote the length of the race in miles, kilometers, or laps? How about that 500 is the international calling code of the Falkland Islands? Or maybe that monkey is slang for 500 pounds in the UK or $500 in the US. What do these all have to do with Geeks Without God? Well, they're celebrating 500 episodes. This is Jonathan Palmer saying congratulations to Geeks Without God on 500 episodes. What an accomplishment. Hello, Geeks Without God. This is Kirky Trailer Thorson. Congrats on recording, editing, and producing 500 episodes. That is a lot. That is like a lot, a lot. Hey, Gregory Parks here wishing my good friends at Geeks Without God a happy 500 episodes. Way to go, you jerks. Hey, this is Wendy, and uh, I just wanted to say I had an idea for a new theme song. It kind of goes, atheist, do, 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 atheist, do, 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 do. Anyway, congratulations on 500 episodes, Geeks Without God. What what? Hello and congratulations, Geeks Without God. It is your friend, Ron Bauman of the Tortuga Twins, the guest with the most appearances and the least qualifications to be on your show. And even though there are things that we will never agree on, for example, for example, Batman vs. Superman is a much better movie than Force Awakens, I think we can all agree that 500 shows is a hell of an achievement, and I am in awe of what you've accomplished. Congratulations. I love you. I can't wait to appear on the show again.